You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. We've got ransomware developments, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Netgear routers and the mom-and-pop dilemma, breaking Android pattern locks, Facebook has a novel approach to password recovery, Keysight will buy Ixia, and IBM's acquisition of Agile 3 Solutions gets positive analyst reviews, Australia's Data61 Innovation Shop wants to go all-in for cyber, ISIS makes hay of U.S. immigration policy, but the group shows signs of cracks. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, January 31st, 2016. We begin with some developments in ransomware. Two relatively new strains are out in the wild. Trend Micro is describing one they're calling RansomNetix.A. It's targeting Windows users who also use Netflix. And it's holding their Netflix login credentials hostage, which is a bit of a twist. But then an effective extortionist holds something you value at risk. We've heard how Washington, D.C.'s police experienced a ransomware attack on their surveillance cameras around Inauguration Day. Another police department, this one from Cockrell Hill, Texas, has also fallen victim to ransomware. In their case, it's thought the infestation came through the usual spam vectors, with links incautiously clicked by recipients. The security firm Acronis identified the ransomware strain in Texas as Osiris, an evolved version of Locky that shows an ability to evade most perimeter safeguards. The police declined to pay, instead biting the bullet and wiping the infected server, accepting the loss of several years' worth of records. Again, secure backup is your best defense. And the criminals have hit back at the White Hats in other ways. Over the past week, ransomware protection companies MSISoft and Dr. Webb both sustained distributed denial-of-service attacks, apparently in retaliation for both companies' good work in offering decryption tools and other security systems to ransomware victims. MSISoft has told Bleeping Computer that they believe the author of MRCR, also known as Mary Xmas, is the hood responsible for organizing the campaign. Trustwave reports Netgear routers are susceptible to authentication bypass flaws. They disclosed their findings to Netgear, which is making security updates available. The bugs can be exploited remotely through the router's remote management option. Michael Patterson, CEO of Plixer International, commended Netgear to us for not having enabled remote management by default, 
But there's a dilemma here, too. If you remove the remote access feature entirely, that puts the onus of updating firmware on the user. And a lot of those users are home users or mom-and-pop small businesses. Patterson said, quote, For those mom-and-pop shops who own one of those devices, it would be highly unlikely that they would have the time and expertise to implement updates continuously. This is why it's very important to monitor all traffic to and from the DNS using NetFlow or IPFix. Service providers could easily identify their customers that are reaching out to strange DNS servers. The problem in the industry is that service providers are not motivated to take on this responsibility as the malware isn't impacting their services. End quote. British and Chinese researchers have published findings that show how Android's pattern lock system can be broken. Craig Young, principal security researcher with security firm Tripwire, thinks passwords are still your best bet for securing an Android device. Unfortunately, good, strong passwords are tough to use on a phone, which is why he recommends phones with fingerprint readers. Young says, quote, While biometric security certainly has its limitations, I feel that it will generally still hold up better against most attack vectors than a simple pattern or pin unlock code. End quote. This, of course, is one instance of the more general problem of authentication that many experts see as a major issue for 2017. Facebook might have come up with an interesting approach to one aspect of authentication, password recovery, now most often done by means of email and secret questions. They announced it at USENIC's, and they call it delegated recovery. In Bleeping Computer's account, an online service vouches for a user on another website roughly like this. User Bob has an account on Facebook and GitHub. Bob generates a recovery token with GitHub. Bob saves the GitHub recovery token inside his Facebook account. Bob loses access to his GitHub account. Bob recovers his GitHub account using the recovery token stored in his Facebook account. Facebook says the recovery token is encrypted, and no online service that temporarily stores it can read the token. With all of the news about ransomware and IoT vulnerabilities, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that malvertising remains a common, profitable attack. Security company RiskIQ recently published their 2016 malvertising report, and we spoke with RiskIQ security researcher Ian Calger. So in a malvertising instance, whenever you're delivered an ad on your page, there's a long series of redirections where it reaches out to, uh, like from the publisher out to the ad exchange, which then goes to the DSP, and then uh, a long series of redirections that pulls in assets from any number of parts. So whenever you're delivered an, uh, an ad, it actually goes through a lot of different hands. And uh, at any one of those points, in, including both the origin and near the end, any one of those web assets uh, can be compromised. If one of those are compromised, then it just uh, they can link out to some malicious file and either uh, redirect you out uh, your entire user session to something bad, or they can uh, just drop a malicious file on you. And who who are they specifically targeting? Are they mostly going after consumers, or is it a wider net than that? Um, it is really anyone who views an ad as a potential target. So common uh, common scam payloads that they would drop would be like a fake tech support scam. Like you have a virus on your computer, call this number, and then 
you know, they create a problem and solve a problem, or, you know, they will drop a, a banking Trojan onto your device and then they'll just sit there and listen uh, for you logging into any of your uh, banking applications or onto any of your banking websites and then they'll capture your credentials and then send that back or harvest any credit card details or even uh, just general spyware these days. Um, just harvesting user information about you is oftentimes uh, more valuable than uh, even your credit card information. Uh, credit card dumps are getting cheaper and cheaper, whereas personal uh, personal information is getting bought up at a higher price. I'm surprised that uh, that this sort of thing makes it through, you know, some of the large ad, ad networks like Google and Facebook. Yeah, uh, sadly it does. But uh, the key important thing there is that. There's a lot of uh, sophisticated filtering uh, systems that these guys put in place uh, as a means to evade solutions like ours or other solutions. So in normal ad delivery systems, there are means to target whichever user you're trying to do. Uh, they turn those same sorts of tools around to then try and not serve it to scanning solutions or security researchers such as anytime you'll get one payload, oftentimes they'll never send the payload to the same IP. Or they'll try and uh, use specific uh, calls to figure out whether or not what they're doing is running inside of a sandbox environment. The, the security industry in this space has always been a sort of cat and mouse game of new techniques are de uh, developed and then new countermeasures are developed. And uh, it's, it's always sort of an evolving space. That's Ian Cowger from Risk IQ. In industry news, Keysight's rumored acquisition of Ixia seems to be happening, with Ixia fetching $1.6 billion. The acquisition is expected to close in October. IBM's acquisition of Agile 3 Solutions is receiving generally positive analyst reviews as a cybersecurity play. And in Australia, Data61, that country's innovation promotion organization, wants to go all-in on financial technology and cybersecurity. ISIS is making information more hay of President Trump's order restricting immigration from seven Muslim-majority countries. Its narrative suggests, first, that ISIS represents Islam, and second, ISIS is the victim here. ISIS messaging, however, is also showing signs that the group may be fragmenting under kinetic military pressure. It remains to see what that will mean in terms of the threat it poses. And finally, those following Russia's FSB shakeup may wish to revisit the old interview with Shalte Bolte. The Russian Humpty Dumpty has been a wasp in that government's ear for some time, and last month's FSB arrest suggests that Humpty Dumpty is having an effect. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps. 
keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Uh, ben, we talked not too long ago about uh, Coinbase, a uh, Bitcoin currency uh, company, who uh, ran into some troubles with the IRS. The IRS uh, wanted to uh, get some records on Coinbase's customers, and Coinbase is pushing back. Fill us in here. Sure. So this is a story we uh, referenced a couple months ago on our on the podcast the IRS, back in March of 2014, issued a guidance document on uh, virtual currency. And they basically said it would be treated for tax purposes, not necessarily as income, but as property. So it still has to be reported like any sort of gain in property that someone gets through the year. They have to uh, report on their income taxes. They would have to do the same for virtual currency. The IRS, uh, of course, in its effort to uh, increase its tax receipts, sent a request to Coinbase to collect the personal data of, of thousands of its users. The rationale was they wanted to make sure that all of the property, the virtual currency being collected, was being reported for tax purposes. Coinbase, under its CEO, Brian Armstrong, estimated this past week that it'll cost the company between 100000 and a $1 million to defend its customers from what he called an overly broad subpoena. And eventually those costs are going to be passed down to the consumer, I think it's reasonable to say. And, you know, we saw the same issue with Apple and the FBI. We have these tech companies, and in this case Coinbase, advertising to its consumers that their information is going to be protected, that they're going to have data integrity. And then the government comes in and submits this request. In this case, the federal judge ruled that Coinbase would be ordered to turn over this data. It's not only a, a monetary problem for Coinbase in terms of the legal costs, but they're not going to be able to represent uh, themselves as somebody who has data integrity, and that, that's going to hurt their bottom line going forward. So take us through the process here. Uh, what's next in terms of Coinbase um, fighting this order? So Coinbase has asked uh, to intervene in the court proceedings. They're going to make their first appearance in front of a federal judge in, in the Northern District of California this coming February. Uh, a favorable ruling, ruling would mean that there would be a separate proceeding where Coinbase would be able to argue against the IRS, uh, against the intrusion into this data. All right, well, stay tuned. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.